Morning, y'all. Morning. I thought it was kind of cool that on we get to hear the gospel of when Jesus went back to his hometown to preach on the day when I just happened to be in town and get to come <laughs> preach. But we don't hear until after this that all the people reject what Jesus said, so hopefully I can fare a little better than that. <laughs> um, so in our first reading today, it's from the book of Nehemiah. This is actually the only day in the whole year when we hear from this book of Nehemiah. And so what we're hearing is that the people are coming back from exile after hundreds of years. So the Babylonians, the Assyrians, they conquered Israel and they deported them. And so they were, they were cut off from that thing that gave them an identity as a people. They were cut off from the law, from the prophets, from the temple, from the sacrifices. They were in a whole foreign land. And so what we're hearing is the first time that they're hearing the law for a hundred years. And being in exile for so long, they had really forgotten what their identity was as a people. Because they were cut off from that, they had just become accustomed to living the way that the pagans lived. And so notice what they do. It's, it's cool. So they build this wooden platform, almost like an ambo. Then the priest gets up. Everyone stands up. He proclaims the word. He reads the law to them. And then he explains it so that everyone can understand it. Should sound a little familiar, because that's what's going on right now. This is, this is the biblical roots of, of the whole liturgy of the word. The ancient Jewish, this is, this is, why, we do, this is why we're doing this, because that's what they did. This is what the Bible says. And so they hear it, and they realize that the first time they're hearing it, they realize just how far they've come, how far they've fallen. They've forgotten who they were, and so they weep. And the priests are there to encourage them to say, no, God is faithful. But it's through the hearing of the word, through encountering God through that word, that they realize this. And their hearts are moved to seek God again. So now fast forward 400 years in the gospel. Jesus, we said, is in Nazareth. And he's there to proclaim the word. He goes into the synagogue to preach the word. And so what he chooses, he's given a scroll from Isaiah, and he chooses a text that's actually really controversial in his time. Because in Jesus' time, everyone's waiting for the Messiah. They're waiting for this renewal that's going to come. They're waiting for God to save the people from oppression, because they're still oppressed. And so he reads this messianic passage about the anointed one, the Messiah, who's going to come and proclaim a year, it says a year that's acceptable to the Lord. What that means is it's every so often the Jews would have what's called a jubilee year where all the debts would be forgiven. And so it's a great year. All your debts are just poof, gone. So it's a great year of rejoicing. But this is a special year where not only are all the debts forgiven, but the sight, sight is given to back to the blind. The oppressed are set free. Liberty is given to captives. It's a year of salvation. The Messiah comes to offer this. And so Jesus reads this text, and everyone's waiting to see what he's going to say. So it says, Jesus, he sat down, which we kind of can misinterpret because we're used to, if you're going to preach, you stand up. But in the synagogues, there was what's called the seat of Moses. And you would preach from, you would sit on that seat and preach from like the, with the authority of Moses. So Jesus, what he did is he sat down in the seat of Moses. So he's, he's it's not like he's not planning to preach. He is going to say something. And everyone's waiting to see what's he going to say. And he says something incredibly remarkable. He says, today... The scripture passage has been fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying that I'm the one 
who's going to inaugurate this great jubilee year. It's going to bring salvation and redemption. Through the, through the preaching of the word, he proclaims himself the Messiah. And his whole life from this moment is him giving sight to the blind. It's casting out demons from those who are oppressed, healing the sick, raising the dead. Everything he's doing from that moment is showing that I'm this one who's coming to bring salvation. All the way up to, ultimately, his death on the cross where really all debts are forgiven, all the debts of sin by God are forgiven through that sacrifice. That he is this one who's doing it. And what both of these readings show us is that how important the word is in in God's revelation to us. God speaks to us, our identity, our salvation all comes from, from the word from hearing the word and from reading the word. That's how God continues to speak to us today. It's through the word that we hear every week, every every day at Mass, every time we open the Bible, God has something to speak to us. Which is why it's so important to listen to the word, to maybe read the readings before Mass, to prepare our hearts and our minds and our ears, to quiet ourselves, so that God can speak to us. That every week we come and Father Mitch or whoever, he takes the word, he breaks it open, and he applies it to our lives right here, right now. What does God have to speak to what's going on in my life right now? Because God's word, the Bible, is more than just an ancient text. The psalm says over and over again, your words, Lord, are spirit and life. That your word, Lord, is perfect. It revives our souls. It gives us wisdom. It gives us light. It gives us courage and joy. That God always has something new to speak to us through his word, because that's what, that's what gives us our identity. Our identity as Christians is in the word. And that word, though, is more, it's not just the scripture, we're not just the people of a book. The word of God, ultimately, is, is Jesus, who is present in the word, he's present in the Eucharist, in the sacrament. So what, we come, what we're doing right now, what we do every time we come to Mass, is really the fulfillment of, of coming to, to know who we are as Christians by encountering the person of the Word, the person of Jesus, in the Word, and what the homily says, and in receiving the sacrament. That's, that's where our identity comes from. And that identity is so, is so tight, it's, we're so united with Jesus, that we, we, we say that, He's the head and we are the body. It's, it, we're, one, we're one person. That's how strong that identity is. And St. Paul goes very deeply into that idea in the second reading. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today is that the second reading. Because what it shows us, all right, we have this identity. We're Christians. We want to live this out. But what does that look like? What does it look like for me to live out my Christian identity? If I'm called to be a holy man and woman, or woman of God, what does it look like to be holy in my life today? Does that mean that I have to read the Bible for hours, like hours? I have to read the whole Bible? Do I have to spend all my free time doing the church things? Do I have to come to all the classes? Do I have to do all these things? Do I have to always serve in some sort of ministry? Is that what holiness looks like? And St. Paul gives us a really remarkable text about what the body looks like. He says that everything has its place. We have eyes, ears, hands, mouths, feet. An eye is not going to be a good ear. A foot is not going to be a good mouth. But it doesn't make any one of them less a member of the body. 
that it's precisely because all these different parts exist that the body works. He recognizes that, that each one of us have particular gifts, particular circumstances of life, particular situations that God has given to us. So that in each of those situations, we can bring the gospel there. So that the gospel, through this action of the whole body, can literally reach every corner of the earth. So like, for example, me and Father Mitch, we're, we're, we have different gifts. It doesn't make one of us better than the other. It just enables us to preach the gospel to different people. Different people receive different things in different ways. If everybody, if all of us had all the same gifts, life would be pretty boring. It would be the same thing over and over and over again. It's, it's precisely in the fact that we're all, we all have different gifts and different circumstances that this whole body of Christ works, that the mission of the church can reach everything, that we can be all things to all people. So at the end of the second reading, St. Paul's asking, is everyone an apostle? Is everyone a prophet? Is everyone a teacher? Is everyone a waiter or a waitress or a manager or a lawyer or a doctor? The implied answer is no. That not everyone is, is everything. Not everyone is that. But each of us is something. So each of these different gifts allow us to take the message everywhere. There's this, I think, this false idea that if we're going to live out our Christian identity, that if we're going to be holy, we have to spend all of our time in the church. And that, that includes in this this dichotomy that that our spiritual life and our daily life are, are things that are opposed to each other. That our daily life pulls us away from our spiritual life. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, that we, we, is it good to pray and to, to go to daily Mass and to all, go to all the classes? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Do we need to go to Mass on Sundays? And do we need to pray every day? Absolutely. Like, we can't get around that. We have to set that time apart for God. But can that look different for different people, depending on the circumstances of their life. Absolutely. It's supposed to. That's how the body works. The task is to, to, for us to really realize that our daily life and our spiritual life are working together. To consecrate our daily life and make it something that, that imbues the world with God's presence. One of my professors at Notre Dame tells the story of a woman he knew uh, she, she had a conversion in college, and she got really into her faith. She joined the prayer group. She went to Mass. She made holy hours. She was really involved at her college center. And then she ended up getting married. She had a job, had, had kids. And for the longest time, she felt that she was, she was more and more distant from God. She felt like she couldn't do all the things that she used to do while she was in college. She couldn't go to all the prayer meetings. She couldn't go to all the classes because she had family responsibilities and job responsibilities. And that was just weighing on her. And she felt like she wasn't living up to, to she was falling further and further away from God. And one night, she had a newborn baby, and the baby woke up, and so she had to feed him. And so she's feeding the baby in the middle of the night, exhausted. She starts crying just because, God, I, like, I, where are you? I need you. Why, why are you doing this? And she said that, and she said that just in, in the quiet of her heart, she felt like she heard God say, thank you for feeding me. And that moment kind of transformed the way she looked at it. That precisely through 
doing the things that she was called to do and doing them with this consecrated vision that 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 was serving God, that was encountering God, that there's nothing in our life that's an obstacle for us from encountering God, that everything is exactly a moment of encounter for God. That's precisely the action of the body of Christ is allowing all of us to encounter God in every aspect of the world. So we set aside our time in Mass. We set aside our time every day for prayer. We read the Scriptures. We come to Mass, and we bring all these things to the altar, and they're sanctified in the Eucharist. We receive that grace, and then we go out, and we bring that grace throughout the whole world. And we bring that back in the next time we come to Mass. And it's this this constant in and out that consecrates the world. We're celebrating St. Thomas today. He, he, the Latin word that he called, he talks a lot about this is kind of like a going out and a coming back. And this constant flow is, is, is God's action in the world. And it's through this unique, diverse action of the body that this happens. That's the fulfillment of our vocation, is, to, is this, this going out and coming back, going out and coming back, and going out with that consecrated vision precisely in wherever, whatever particular situations God has given us today. And it's really subtle. The, the church kind of calls it like yeast, like leaven in the world. When you bake bread, you just put a little bit in there. You don't see it, but it transforms that bread. It makes it something new. That's what it really means to be the body of Christ, to be a people of the true word of God who encounter Jesus and bring that to every corner of the world.